0: أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد على اله وصحبه وسلم يا من ترانا وتسمعنا وتعلم حالنا ولا يخفى عليك علم معرفتنا واحوالنا يا رب العالمين اغفر لنا وارحمنا واسترنا وانصرنا أيدنا كلنا لا تكن علينا يا كريم يا رب زدنا علما وزدنا فهما واجعلنا من الراشدين واجعل اللهم جمعنا هذا جمع مباركا مبرحوما واجعل اللهم تفرقنا من بعده تفرقا معصوما ورزقنا فيه ولا معنا ولا منا شاكين ولا محرومة وصل اللهم على سيدنا محمد واله وسلم تسليما سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الف بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم الذين عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم آمين لي صدري وحل العوضة من لساني قولي نعمتك التي وعمل صالح لي من المسلمين. Not last week the week before we were talking about sallallahu الله عليه وسلم entering Medina and we. We're talking about him entering into the area of Quba and there remaining for four days and building the Masjid of Quba that is today visited by millions of Muslims from all over the world. And then he left it okay, and prayed okay, on the fifth day, Friday, uh, his Jum'ah in his way okay, in Bani Salim and then from there, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Entered enter into Medina, the main part of the city today where his masjid is, and he was welcomed by al and al-Khazraj, whom we call together the Ansar, and they were singing for him. And who was singing for him? Sallallahu alayhi wa the young ladies of the tribes, and they were singing, طَلْعَ al عَلَيْنَا min وجب الشكر علينا لله أيها المبعوث فينا بالأمر المطاع شرفت مرحبًا يا خير and from thereafter many people wrote many verses for this beautiful poem I think it is the most famous poem in the world because there is no Muslim house that does not know Al alayna it is a beautiful poem recited by those young people welcoming the Prophet describing him as the moon Writhing over them, okay, and it is an honor for them that he has decided to come and live in their land. And the young men were standing and making takbir, okay. Allahu akbar, Allahu akbar. Jaa Rasulullah. Allahu akbar, Allahu akbar. The Messenger of Allah has arrived. Allahu akbar, Allahu akbar. Jaa Muhammadun. Allahu akbar, Allahu akbar. Muhammad peace be upon him, has arrived. This is where the takbir, repeating it, and the women were singing. And until he, sallallahu arrived in front of the house of Abu Ayyub al-Ansari. Now, that's the beginning, then, of the journey of Medina, and it is described historically by all the historians in Islam, and other historians who took from the Muslims when they are not Muslims. Whether they are from the East, from the Middle East, or from the Western world. Even today a lot of people are writing about the story of Sayyidina Muhammad Wasallam. Now, while he is going through, until he arrived at the house of Abu ayyub al-Ansari, everybody wanted him to be staying with him. Until he built himself a place. Everyone is asking and begging. And the Arabs, by the way, one of their best qualities is generosity. They are very, very generous people. When you travel into their land, they will not let you go without looking after you. If you go to an Arab land, pass Arabic homes, and they are not generous, they can't be Arabs. They can't be. Seriously, this is reality. They can't be. Is there? Their generosity goes and shocking. And I travel to a lot of Arab countries. They are generous people. Yes. Yes. In your journey, you will see. That this is their way. This is their nature. Before Islam. This is the, Allah, every, every nation have got a quality. This is the nature of generosity, the nation of the Arabs. And everybody writes about it. Ibn Battuta writes beautiful things about those people when his journey was going through. Now, he passed... Through different families and groups, and they were saying to him, "Muhammad, please, sallallahu stay with us." Some of them were holding the rein of his she camel, and he would say, da'uha leave it, atrukuha let it leave it alone. She will know what to do." Okay, what he used to say literally, da'uha fa innaha allow it to travel by itself, for it is being commanded. Meaning by Allah, I am telling it to go, but Allah initially is the one who will allow it to stay wherever it might be. Stay. When the Prophet Sallam came through the district called Bani Najjar, and you know Bani Najjar are his uncles from his mother, because his mother is from Bani Najjar. Okay, so some of the young women were standing and they were trying to encourage him to stay, and they were carrying okay duffs. And they were singing, "Nahnu, Najar. We are young ladies from Bani Najjar. okay, the children of Najjar. Ya, Jar. How beautiful it will be if Muhammad chooses choose to be our neighbor, okay? Their way of doing things was not just normal, and yani it was beautiful, you see, yani. Poetry was so easy for them to sing. They make songs. Even today, when you go, and uh, people come just make songs. I, I know a lot of Arabs, if you just ask them to speak, rather than just saying a speech, they will say poetry. Straight away from their head. Because Allah has inspired them to do this. So. so those girls were just singing like that. Okay? نحن جوارين من بن Najar. We are young ladies from the tribe of بن Najar. <laughs> How beautiful it will be if Muhammad وسلم, chose to be our neighbor. Until he arrived in the same district, he did not stop there, until he arrived Okay to Bani Malik, Bani Najjar. This is one great family in Medina, Bani Malik, Bani Najjar. There, his camel parked itself. And the camels usually, when they park, their front legs will come down first. So if you are riding on the camel and the camel goes down, at this you are falling. But then the camel sits back, okay, and you sit properly. So everybody was waiting, and there Sayyidina Muhammad, the camel parked. And subhanAllah, exactly where the camel parked is the door of the masjid today, the main door, the first door of the masjid. That's where the Prophet, Sallam Built, okay? This used to be a land belonging to two orphans. Okay? They are from Banin Najar themselves, from the same tribe. Okay? And as I said, Banin Najjar, they are his uncles, because he has his mother from them. But next to this land, the house of the great companion Abu Ayyub al-Ansari. Now Abu al-Ansari, and I will encourage you to read his story, he's one of the most greatest scholars and companions of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Today he's buried in Istanbul, and he's is buried in the main mosque in Istanbul, Masjid Abu Ayyub al-Ansari. And subhanallah, when you go and visit the mosque and stand next to where he's buried, you feel as if it's a place from paradise. This is the man the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam loved. The Prophet stayed in that house with him for seven months. When the Prophet was asked by him to come and stay, because until you build in the land, he didn't argue his case. He said, Well, I will stay. The houses in Medina were built from mud. Okay? But they were built in stories, either two stories or three stories sometimes. Okay? Many people have the idea that building high buildings only started later and in the West. No, 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 no. Yeah, and in Yemen and this country they had up to 12, maybe 15 stories and built from mud. There is a city I visited in Yemen, a city that is about maybe five to 700 years old, I can't remember the name, but it has got those tall buildings and it has been built a long time ago. When those tall buildings were built, there was no America. Because everybody always think of high buildings and think of America. Okay? This tall building was built. So here, Abu Ayyub has two stories. The Prophet Sallallahu said to him, I will stay with you, but with one condition, I will stay in the lower floor. Him and his wife felt awkward. They said, how can we stay on top of you? How could, and you think about it. Now today, when we try to honor the Prophet ﷺ by saying things like that, people say, Astaghfirullah you don't worship the Prophet. Look at these people. They're just new Muslims. They could not find it in themselves, staying in the top floor and downstairs with Muhammad Salaam. I'm going to give you reasons why. Number one, if you want to respect somebody and they are living underneath you, you'll be so worried that when you walk and the floor creaks, you make noise. Number two, when you are on top and people are underneath, okay, every commotion there will be here downstairs. It's very strange. Number three, because their buildings were built from palm tree leaves, the, the roofs, and mud, if you pour any liquid, it will go down. Number three, down there, when we live in our homes back home, sometimes your goats could be living next to you. Sometimes your camel could be parked next to you, down, not on top, because they can't climb up. So usually, Underneath, it's for everybody. The human, the non-humans, but upstairs, it's only the people. So they did not like that in the least to see Rasulullah, this great man, the noble man, choosing to live in their house and he's living underneath and they're living on top. So Abu al Ansari came down to the and said to me, Rasulullah. Me and my wife were discussing it, and I don't think we can find it in our heart to allow you to live asfal, asfal meaning lower. And we're living a'la above. No, no, no. We will come and live down, you go and live above. The Prophet said to him, no. I will remain lower until inshallah Allah decide and the building that we are trying to build are finished and then we will move. Abu Ayyub then described the life while the Prophet was living and then he said it was so difficult for them because they did not want to do anything to hurt or to harm him and his family those who are with him at the time, living in the same home while he is living, alayhi abdullas salatu was Okay? Now, he wasn't a rich man, Abu Ayyub ansari according to the historian. Okay? But in his home, too many people are welcomed. Okay? In his home, too many people are welcome. And, subhanallah, No guest who will come to his house will go without. Now, he had the Prophet in the house, imagine, as his main guest, his chief guest. Now, people will come to visit him as normal, but above that, people will come to see the Prophet. So, imagine all this was on him to make sure that the Prophet is looked after and cared for and allowed to have whatever he needs to be. Now, one day the Prophet then decided to begin building his house. When he decided to do that, he called the two boys, the orphans, and said, Look, where my camel parked, this is where I am supposed to build my masjid and my home. I would like to buy it from him. They said, Ya Rasulullah we are relatives okay our tribe men are uncles to you the women are aunts to you your mother is from Bani Najjar she is one of us we give you this as a gift now listen to this very carefully he sallallahu alaihi wasallam says no and he set a rule whenever we establish things for ourselves and when we are in, in in the in the da'wah in the islamic work We should always avoid taking things because then those people who give you the things, people could see them as if they are driving your life and you feel indebted to them. Be very careful. You better work and earn and build your life. This is the way we were taught. You see, people ask me, Sheikh, why are you tearing yourself? You should sit down, we can look after you. I said, no, no, Allah is looking after me. We need to work, we need to earn our living. We need to look after our families. And we need to help those who need to be helped, if we can. In fact, in Sudan, we have a Sheikh Rahmatullah Al-Bura'i. He was one of the richest men in Sudan. Every Sheikh would love to be like him. Because he was not just doing, he was helping everybody. And he set an example that should be followed. The town where he set his Quranic school, he built institutions, hospitals. He have got the best heart hospital in Sudan. In a small place. I took a delegation from here, and they went and visited. Okay? We have to take a helicopter from Khartoum, because it's in the desert. Subhanallah, you will be amazed. In this little town, there are factories, and, and all he built, and all the people in the town, they are working in these factories, in the farms, okay? or teaching in the schools and the institutions. There are some Europeans, there are some Americans there, and everybody, and they're living. He doesn't allow anybody not to earn a living. Everybody must earn a living. If a widow, for example, who died, or her husband died, and she's uh, unable to look after her children, he will say to her, come to see me. She will come and see him. he said to her, look, what can you do? Look, we have too many guests every day. Thousands come and go. What can you make? Can you make a pot of food? Can you make a pot of rice, whatever? Can you make a a big pot of tea? that can give tea for 100 people, make it and tell me how much it costs you to make it. If it costs her to make it 60 pounds, he will give her 100 pounds. Give her the 40% or 60% profit, and she goes. So they just deliver, they come to me. You see him sitting there, he's welcoming every guest, and the women will come and whisper, and say, what are you doing? Initially, I didn't understand what he was doing. Then I realized later on, they were telling him the price. 50, 70. And then he just put his hand and gives. Put his hand and gives. All day he's like that. His guests are catered for, his people are looked after, and that gives him the dignity. And Rasulullah, in that, has given us the best, that we don't need to mix things, because then it will bring doubt, and doubt. Bring, okay? Corruption in the society. We don't want that. You see, if you look at today's politics, and politicians, life is a little bit murky and especially for religious people they need to remove themselves from that because Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala wanting them to deliver the message as pure as it was delivered by the messengers before inshallah so Rasulullah sallallahu paid the money for those two orphans okay and they were reluctantly accepting it but he said look this is your fair payment and he began to build the masjid and he sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, was one of those people who was building masjid now everything that was built was built by mud using uh, the palm tree all of it the trunk okay to to do the pillars in the mosque okay and some of it to to do some of the uh, the wooden uh, what do you call them uh, the roofing but but they have got the support wooden support to hold because the roofing is just the branches they put on top and then they put mud on it and subhanallah it's very very strong many many houses you see today built in saudi arabia in yemen okay in where i come from in egypt as well they're built like that and they're strong good houses and they look yani, after the people who are living under them and while he was using his own hand to build with them he's also giving us another lesson that there is no one in this world, if they are really, truly leading by example, should sit down and allow people to serve them. Shouldn't do that. Now, one of the things that upsets me personally is that today's leaders, they want to sit down to be served. No. No. You should be with the people. If people are building, you should build with them. If you are carrying, you should carry with them. We don't want any example of people going out of their way to do that, which will make them feel or act superior. Islam is not like that. In fact, unfortunately, even in Islam, we have some uh, leaders who will sit and want people to massage their legs, massage their shoulders. What is this? Come on. Really, I I tell you, we should never bring our religion to this kind of thing. Let us look at the Prophet and take his example. He was building with the people, sallam. And the people were making, okay, songs when they build, when they carry, they were singing, and the poetry. And the prophet ﷺ always indicates for the singing, to encourage people to do the work, to use Islamic slogans, Islamic words, like "dua." So he was reading with them, innal in ajra al akhirah Okay? This is him Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He's not a poet, but he was making a dua, okay. Rhyming. Like a verse in poetry. Oh Allah, indeed the reward is the reward of the hereafter. Please, O oh Allah, show mercy upon the Ansar, the people of Medina, الخضرك, and the Muhajira. The people who are migrating from mecca to them, like himself, and this make me remember once upon a time. Rasulullah was sitting, this we'll talk about later. Like, Aisha came dressed nice as his wife, and uh, she was happy, rejoicing. He said to her, Where have you been? She said, We've been to a wedding. He said to her, Did you sing in the wedding? And Aisha said, Yes, we sang. What did you sing? Now, in our countries, we have these kind of things to show. So the, the boy's family will sing songs song to say, we come to you with our son. He's bright, he's smart, he's strong, we have the money. I see? <laughs> like that, you see? <laughs> and she happened to be with the, with the boy's side. And she sang a song, I can't remember the song, but she sang it like at the meaning of the song. He said, yeah, it would have been better. If you sang a song whereby you say, we have come to you with our song, who's... MashaAllah, uh, pious and God fearing, and he gave her some words. That is to say, when you sing songs, sing them by using that which will please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I am one of the people who say, in our time now, we need to encourage all the writers who write Nasheed, Islamic Nasheed. Because if the Prophet allowed them at that time to do this, to remove them from the dunya songs, there is no better time to do it but now. Because if you look at the songs of today, not just swearing and insulting, but even vulgar words are used in singing. The poetry is no longer pure good poetry. Okay? It's poetry of iqwa, poetry of encouraging people to do haram, indulging in that which Allah has forbidden. So my understanding is we should encourage people to use the right poetry. Okay? Using the right words. And mashallah, there are many now, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, they are doing this. So when we are doing, for example, like uh, the Nasheed or the Poetry Night through Rumis Cave and Sakin, I always encourage you to invite the poets that they can encourage people. Okay? Especially the young generation to listen to these kind of things. Okay? Now, the Muslims, while seeing the Prophet was building, okay, and they were singing, they were Absolutely delighted. They were so delighted because for the first time, they see themselves in a unit, okay, in a community, whereby their leader is with them, and their leader is beginning the fairest component of building for them that which they were longing for for a long time. What are they longing for? They are longing for an establishment of a pure religious community linked to God. Okay, so that is what is making them happy. Rasulullah stayed in Abi Ayyub al-Ansari house for seven months. It took him seven months to complete the masjid and the house. And by the way, the masjid and the house were built properly. In fact, I have a, an architect map. I keep with me just subhanallah. I feel Anybody who wants to build a mosque should build it like that. The measurement of the mosque was very simple. It's just a rectangle building. But the measurement, the width and the length were measured by the Prophet ﷺ. When Umar bin khattab became the khalifa and the number became big, he was encouraged to increase the size. So people wanted just to destroy the old and build the new. He refused. He was very upset. He said, no. Measure the prophet's measurement in both sides, and when you increase the building, you must increase it in the same proportions. You understand what I'm saying? So if he was building five by ten, if you increase two meters that way, you must increase four meters this way. Are you with me? Sometimes mathematics is a little bit. Okay. So if it is five by ten, okay, that means. For every meter in the width, there are two meters in the length. So if you add two meters in that side, you must double it in this side. Wa alaikum as marhaba. This is the teaching of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Okay? Welcome. Come in. Wa as welcome. Okay? So it is same proportion, the percentage. If you can just push that there. Push this, please, my brother. Sorry.
1: Sorry. Sorry.
0: No, that's okay. no, that's fine. Just push this. Sorry. No, Jazakallah as-salam. You understand what I'm saying? So, see, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this something, not just because he chose to do it, but because Allah inspired him to do it. He sees with the sight of God. You understand? So, Sayyidina Muhammad al Khattab knew that. That whatever the Prophet ﷺ did must be followed. Must be followed to the letter. So he asked the companions to do the same. Okay? Now, many of the people in Mecca, among the Meccans, began to come who were left behind. At that time, when the Prophet finished building his mosque, they record that there is nobody who was left behind. Nobody who was left behind except those who were captured okay, and imprisoned, or, subhanallah, those whom were not allowed to leave by their families. They were not captured, but the families are saying to them, no, you cannot leave. They stayed behind. Okay? But everybody else now is in Medina. Medina was, mashallah, flourishing with the new system that Prophet ﷺ set up, and everybody was living comfortably. What happened next? The Mu'akha. Al-Mu'akha, subhanallah, is very important. There are three things in Islam. And I would like you to think about this because you are all in the field and the land of da'wah. Number one is making the da'wah. Inviting the people. Da'wah meaning invitation. Making the da'wah. And that, once it is flourishing, it, the fruits of it will be shahada. Giving shahada to the person. Or the person takes shahada from you. Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh. Number two, okay? al Okay? The oath of allegiance to Allah. Now, not everybody can do that, but there are people who are being given the authority to do this. This is just to keep the community in line okay? with the teaching of Muhammad. Sallam. In Surah al fatih In Juz 26, the parah 26, okay, after Surah Muhammad, Surah al fat Allah talks about the bay'ah. Indeed, O Muhammad, those who give an oath of allegiance to you, they are only giving it to Allah. For indeed, when they are putting their hand on your hand, the hand of Allah is above their hands. Okay? It's very important. Number three is Al-Mu'akha. Okay? Joining people, In brotherhood relationship and the reason for that is very very important so that the person will be able to develop themselves through the companionship of somebody who knows the system already and unfortunately in the da'wah in Britain this is not happening today why a lot of people who are embracing Islam they are leaving Islam a lot of them are neglected forgotten so this is something that we need to think about let me speak a little bit about this, and I tell you what the Prophet did there Number one, for you to make da'wah, to make invitation to people to come to Islam, remember your action speak louder than your word. For Allah commands you in the Quran to act upon that which you believe in. For indeed he sees what you do. And the Prophet does and the believers will see in the Day of Judgment. وَقُلْ فَسَيَرَ And tell them, O oh Muhammad وسلم, to act upon what they believe in. For indeed Allah is seeing what they do. And the Prophet will see every Monday, Sunday evening, Thursday evening, the Prophet said, I am shown all the action of my Ummah. Okay? And that's why you used to fast Monday and Thursday. One of the reasons. So that, inshallah, his action will be raised to Allah while he's fasting. And subhanAllah, if you are acting upon what you believe, everything that you do should be following the teaching of the Quran. If it is good, you will do. If it is wrong, you will avoid. Keep away from Okay? So, a da'ya, a person who invites to Allah, by his permission, not by your permission, must act upon what he believes in. You must do all the right things. Are you with me? Everything. Try your best. To always reflect truthfulness, honesty, courage, generosity, ability of sharing of what you have, however little it is, with those who have not, and be merciful, and kind, and generous. Okay, in your nature, all the time, and smile, smile. For indeed, in your smile, there is charity. Allah <laughs> said to Prophet "O Muhammad, Okay, call out with what you have been commanded, call out to people. And then Allah said to him, Ya O you who is wrapped with his garment when the Quran is revealed to him, stand up and warn the people. And your Lord you must magnify. Allahu Akbar. And you should always be dressed in clean, smart garments. And anything that causes you difficulty or troubles or problems, you must keep away from. Okay, And never think you are doing, or what you did is enough, or talk about it or show off. And if you are confronted with things that are making the da'wah difficult, then for Allah be patient. Okay? This is what Allah told Sayyidina Muhammad to do. So we, as people who are living in a land of non-Islam, coming across a lot of people in our environment of work, study, neighborhood, we need to reflect these things. Okay? We need to be smart. We need to be clean, we need to be pure, we need to be truthful, we need to be honest, we need to be generous, we need to be merciful, we need to show all those, all the time. Because that will encourage people to inquire who you are, who you are, what are you doing, why are you doing it? You understand? Anything that brings difficulty, remove it, keep away from it. Because you don't want any difficulty in the deen. Be easygoing. Be easygoing. Don't, don't make it difficult. Because the Prophet has warned us not to make it difficult for people. Now, if people then question you, ask you, or you have to talk to them, don't tell them things that make Islam difficult. There are some people that have got strange things. Well, to be a Muslim, you must stop drinking alcohol, leave your girlfriend. Oh my God, I don't want this religion. You don't talk to somebody like that. These are the two important elements in their life and they love very much. And you tell them to leave them, they're not going to leave them. They want something easy. So what you need to do is, is to say something simple. Something easy. In fact, even if they accept the deen, initially you don't say, oh by the way, you must pray Fajr, Zuhur, Asr, Maqrib, Isha. I had never given somebody a shahada told him that. I always tell them, look. Now, your prayer is meditation. What do you mean? I need to make salah. I said, no, 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 no. You just need to be clean. And whenever you are sitting in the morning, just sit and talk to Allah. How? By any means. And then I teach them Al-Fatiha. And then after I Al-Fatiha, I teach them to pray turag'az. And I say, every day just pray turag'az. Anytime you want. If you want to pray more, pray more. But you yes, your right is too. Then after a while, when they memorize maybe another surah, then I teach them to pray Fajr only. But somebody told us to pray the Sunnah well. I want to know the No, no, forget about the Sunnah now. <laughs> slowly, 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 slowly you build. Because Qara Rasulullah <laughs> Sallam, None will try to carry this religion as a whole, only it will defeat them. And if you fall, it's hard to stand up. How many brothers? I have seen suddenly coming to the deen, out of the disco, into the masjid. Big beard, short sir walls, doing zala, haram, bid'ah, zala. Six months later, they're not there. What happened, brother? Oh, too hard. <laughs> it happens. Please, slowly, slowly. Slowly, slowly. Don't push people. Encourage people. Don't discourage them. Okay? I'm not saying it from myself. I'm saying it from Rasulullah sharia. <laughs> <laughs> he is the Musharri' He is the one who made the Sharia. He is the path to Allah His name is Sirat al wa sallam. He is the Sirat. So we follow his path. Not our path. Sirat Allah. This is the path of Allah. Muhammad is the path to Allah Subh'anaHu wa ta'ala. Without him, there is nothing there. Now, once a person begins to take from you whatever you are telling them about Allah ta'ala. And the time comes for them to declare. Make sure. The best declaration is in public. Okay? إعلان. The person must say the shahada in public in front of everybody else. And that's the best, if they can. Okay? And usually, the minimum should be two witnesses there. And the idea of having it in congregation so that the person will be blessed. You understand? And the dua for the person who's present is, mashallah, beautiful. If you were there two weeks ago, a lady took shahada here, so it's beautiful. Seriously, every time somebody comes to me to take shahada, I feel renewed. And the Prophet tradition used to say, renew your face. Renew, every time, keep renewing your face by repeating, la ilaha illallah, as much as you can, because it is, inshallah, that which will save you from the torment of the hellfire. Now, what the Prophet used to do, then, he used to take the hand of those companions and give them bay'ah, give them an oath of allegiance to tell them that when you are taking from me this oath you are making now it's not between me and you it will be between you and Allah so the person then linked to Allah direct <laughs> indeed O Muhammad those who are giving an oath of allegiance to you they are only giving it to Allah the hand of Allah is above their hands Whosoever goes against what he promised Allah, he goes against himself. الله, and whosoever fulfills that which he promised Allah, عظيمة, Allah will give them a reward in abundance, great reward. That is a خاصية, a specialty for Rasulullah And then later on, the Khulafa were doing this, and the umara and Islam, and then later when the Islamic system was troubled, you don't want suddenly and all those. We don't want Saddam Hussein to give you bay'ah or Qaddafi to give you bay'ah. Because they are not really the right, righteous religious leaders. So what happened is, it was distant from the politicians who are leading in the Islamic State because of the corruption. And the scholars took it. Now, it was taken by the scholars in the schools of Quran. So they will give A bay'ah to a student. Once the student graduates, they have to give him a bay'ah. Okay? To show him, now you are on your feet, but your link is with Allah. Tawheed. We depend upon Allah. We tend to Allah. We ask only from Allah. We seek from none but Allah. We fear none but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our link is direct with him. How? Through dhikr. How can we achieve that? Through salah. That's it. The next thing, the person... Is given a brother. Okay? If somebody took Shahada, somebody who knows Islam is brought by the and the two will put together. Yeah, Muhammad, yeah, Ali. Okay? You're gonna to be together. Ali has just taken his Shahada, Muhammad, you're gonna look after him. For what? For making sure that if they have difficulties, you will help them. If there is anguish, you will try. To reduce if there is fear you will try to eliminate if there is anything in their life plus giving them the courage to begin to ask question to learn to understand to appreciate all those things are important as i said earlier a lot of the people who are embracing islam today are not finding that so every person who's taking shahada they must be given a brother or a sister to look after them this is our tradition so that inshallah they will be strong in the da'wah. Rasulullah in Medina, straight away, what he did, Al Ansar, okay, of Medina, the supporters, Al and al Khazraj, he brought them together. This is the first point. And made ukhua between them. Okay, he united them in brotherhood. He united them in brotherhood. Okay, this is his first junction. And then, he began to put them together with the muhajirin. But subhanallah, nobody in the history of humanity acted upon a teaching like the teaching of Huwa or brotherhood like the Ansar of Medina. First of all, two tribes were fighting all the time. In fact, just five years before the Prophet ﷺ came to Medina, they had a war that destroyed most the tribe, both of them. But then the Prophet made mu'achah between them. He united them. They made total peace. And by the way, when you are angry with somebody, when you have difficulty with somebody and you're trying to make peace, you don't say, All right, I forgive you, but I don't want to speak to you. Okay? I forgive you, but I don't want to see you anymore. I'm not going to really be angry with you, but I don't want to visit you. What is this? This is not really real. Forgiveness. Real forgiveness that means the heart is empty of any bad feelings. There is nothing there you are going to take against this person. You're gonna treat them better than before. For Allah commanded in the Quran. Okay? That you must forgive and you must make up the best way you can. So I ask okay, everybody here to take this seriously. The answer Al Awas al-Khazraj once the Prophet united them, they became so strong. They couldn't wait to join with the muhajira. Prophet ﷺ said to them, your brothers who came from Mecca, they came with nothing. Many of them. Left their families, their loved ones, their business, and they are here for one reason. Why are they there? For Allah. So the Ansar were rushing to call the muhajira. One of them will get to one of them and call him home and say, look, this is my house. What would you like? The top floor or the lower floor? Would you like the eastern half or the western half? This is my business. Which half would you like? This is my, okay, livestock. How many of them would you like? I have two wives. And instead of you looking for a wife, I know both of them are very good. Choose one of them. I divorce her, you marry her. Would we do this today? No way. I looked at this some brothers did, mashallah. I, I promise you. I've seen it when the Bosnian War took place. Many Bosnians came here, the, the Balkan War. Wallahi, mashallah, there are some brothers, especially from Pakistan. They really, really made me so happy because they went there, they brought families, they put them in their homes, they married their daughters, they did not question. No auntie, no grandma said, no, Pakistani only. Uh, and they said, auntie, I'm marrying this woman. Sometimes they're older than them. Sometimes they're in uh, difficulties and trouble. And they, eh, mashallah. It really, it was amazing. You see? But it was not common. It was selective people. Okay? I wish we are like that. I wish we are like that because this is the example, the real example of Islam, of unity, of Tawheed. Tawheed is not just a word to say, well, Tawheed it can be translated in the way we treat one another. Look after one another, share with one another, care for one another, support one another. مثل المؤمنين في تودهم كمثل الجسد إذا اشتكى منه سائر الجسد The examples of the believers in the way of showing unity through mercy, okay? And befriending one another, okay? It's like the one body. When one part of it is sick, the whole body is feeling the fever. Okay? Cannot sleep at night. Your eye is hurting, but the whole body cannot sleep because of the eye. Your arm is hurting, the whole body cannot sleep at night because of the arm. You see? Do we feel the same feeling? And let us remember, he says, none of you is a true believer sleeping, lying with full belly in his bed. And his neighbor is hungry. So when we study the seerah, this is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for renewing our faith by following the example of the Prophet and his companion when they did what they did. So in the okay, in the joining of the Ansar and the Muhajira, in unity of Ukhua, of brotherhood, a lot of examples that we can carry today. Ask yourself, do I know my family properly? I tell you. There are brothers who are living in a table that don't visit one another. There are sons who are not speaking to their parents. Okay? There are daughters who are not speaking to their mothers. I'm angry with my mother. Why? Or oh, she didn't do that. She didn't. What for? You can't do this. This is not Islam. And remember, if you have these kind of animosities carried in your heart, by Allah Almighty God, neither your prayer nor your dua will be accepted. <laughs> this is not my word the prophet ﷺ. Your, your prayer will be just useless you need to make sure that you have good relationship with people Adin din al-muamala religion is interaction and the most important people to interact with is your family then your neighbors then your relatives then your community then the muslims then the believers then the world at large everybody you must treat with respect and look after them when the prophet ﷺ did what he did in Medina initially by living in the house of Abu Ansari to teach us many lessons of how we can live with people and not cause them any problem but be, in fact, a joy for them to be with. Then he used his own materials, his own resources, his own hands and his family and his companions and supporters to build in his own land his own masjid, and his own home. Okay? And he built it in seven months. Okay? With an architectural plan that he was inspired by Allah to draw, that should be followed. And he moved the seven months there, into that masjid and that home. And in the meantime, he began to build the fabric of the society, initially by uniting al al Khazraj, and then by uniting them as Al-Ansar, with the Muhajirin of Mecca and making them as the family of the Muslims in Medina. Now the mosque is finished, the Prophet moved to his new house, Ali Abdullah. <laughs> what to do next? He must bring the people to the mosque. Now I can't tell you enough, these places are built for people of real. Strength inside them of faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah said in the Quran about that in houses Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given permission that they will be raised, being built. Okay, and in them only His name should be mentioned. Rijal, in these houses, there are Rijal. Here it doesn't mean just men, it means Men and women who are linked to Allah, who want nothing but Allah. Neither business nor merchandise will make them occupied. Make them busy from the zikr of Allah. They are there for Allah. You need to bring this back. The mosque should be the place when you run to, you rush to. If you are free, come to the mosque. If you are free, huh? Rush to the mosque. See what is going on. Alhamdulillah, I thank Allah you are here. We come to the mosque to learn, to study, okay, to pray, to worship. The least you could do when you come to the mosque, to see what the mosque needs to help them. Or to clean the mosque. Or if you have a profession like a plumber or a painter, a decorator, a carpenter, if something is needing mending, you mend it. You don't need someone to ask you, just go and do it. For Allah's sake. Like the woman who used to come to the Prophet ﷺ mosque, a lady Subhanallah When everybody wants to sleep She will Clean all the mosque Okay Because it's sand She will take all The bigger pieces Of rubbish And clean it all And then she will get This little pot She will put Okay Charcoal in it Fire And then she will put Nice Okay incense, And she will Make the mosque Smell good like that Bakhur we have here Okay Similar to this one she was called mubakhira Okay? The incense, Okay? Lady. The woman who brought beautiful smell and cleansiness to the mosque. When the Prophet ﷺ one they missed her, he was away and he... What happened to her? I said, Ya Rasulullah, she died. He said, take me to her grave. It immediately he went to her grave. Sallallahu alayhi That's the way a leader is because not only acknowledging... Those who have or those who support or those who help, when they miss, the lowest. So if you are working in a company, in an office, in a hospital, in any job you do, those who are lower than you care for them. Some people miss their boss when they are missing. But if suddenly the caretaker, okay, the Khafir, the guard or the security man is missing, they don't care. So what? It's just a security man. Very, very sad. And this is also wrong when we want to get married. Some of of us, we talk about it lightly, It's not light. Okay? Oh, so-and-so went and asked to marry so-and-so and and he was refused. Why? He just, he doesn't have a good job. What is this? We don't measure people as people by what they can do we measure them by what they have in their heart to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what kind of faith they have, what kind of religion. Not my word, the Prophet wa sallam word. Farabi, You must always win the person with religion, then you will be fulfilled in this world. So when the mosque is ready and the Prophet wa sallam wanted to bring the people into the mosque and begin the initiation of the establishment of the mosque as the social fabric of the society. Where their salah will take place, their zikr will take place, their general ibadah will take place, consultation will take place, and all social activities. Subhanallah. He wanted something to call the people upon. And this is the time when Rasulullah was looking for the adhan. Okay? He gathered everybody. He didn't, he didn't just make a decision and said we should do this. He gathered everybody and says, look, we need to make sure that people who are living far understand it's time for Salah. What shall we do? And in his debate with, with them, some told him to bring the bell like the Christian. Some people said to him, look, the Jews use a horn. We can use a horn. Some people said, look, the Abyssinian used the drums. We can use drums? He wasn't happy. Okay? He wasn't happy. Now, a man called Abdullah ibn Zayd was sleeping. At the same time when Umar ibn khattab was sleeping. And while this meeting was taking place and people were negotiating. The, the negotiation took place before. But this time was a proper meeting. But those two people were missing. Okay, Abdullah ibn Zayd. Bin and suddenly, Abdullah ibn Zaid came running to the meeting. Okay? I said to Rasulullah I was dreaming of what to do. He said, tell me. He said, in the dream I saw a man selling a beautiful bell. I approached him I said to him could you please sell me this bell he asked me what for I said to him I want to give it to my prophet to use it to call people to come to the prayer or to make an announcement he said to him shall I give you something better or show you something better he said what is it he said to say Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar the full adhan." and then he woke up and rushed to come to sell Allah. and while he was telling him Umar came running, and the uh, scholars, the historian are recording. Umar came running, and because he woke up and wanted to not to miss what was going on, so he was still, they used to have the Izar, okay, the piece of cloth they tie with, like the Ihram, okay, and a piece to put on their shoulders. So he was running. When he was running like this and was t- tying his clothes, he arrived. What is it, Ya Umar? He says, I just saw a dream. And he related similar story. The Prophet said, agreed upon. That's, that's, that's what we will, will do. But then he called Abdullah ibn Zayda, said to him, Ya Abdullah, what you told me now, because he read all the adhan for him, go and tell that man sitting there. Bilal was sitting far away. Tell that man, Qum ma'a Bilal. السلام, Qum ma'a Bilal. Qum ma'a Bilal. alayhi Refer to him what you have seen in your dream. Then he will call people by those words you just mentioned. For he had a more beautiful voice than yourself. He didn't mention words. word. I always tell people don't let anybody do the adhan. Choose the best people with his voice to do the adhan. Because the Prophet gave us sunnah here. Okay? This is reported by Abu Dawood and Tirmidhi. Hadith Sahih. Okay? So if somebody is to read Quran or to read Adhan, and there are some places people say, oh no, 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 this person, let it read it. And his Adhan, subhanAllah, is not calling you, he's asking you to go away. <laughs> you do not want to hear the Adhan. Okay? Don't do that. So he went to Bilal and told Bilal the Adhan, and Bilal became the first Mu'adhim. And he jumped on the roof of the masjid and he made the, and the people were wondering what is going on. They came out of their houses listening to him and it was the most joyous occasion for them. The only second occasion like that, when Bilal radiallahu ta'ala anhu, subhanallah, realized Medina is no longer for him because he used to love the Prophet so much. He was always with him. When the Prophet died, he felt he's dead. So he moved to Sham, to Syria. And he lived in Damascus until the Prophet came to him in his dream. He said, Ya Bilal, okay, you have neglected us. Why don't you visit me? So he came rushing, riding his donkey until he came to Medina during the middle of the day and he went to the mosque. And he went and the grave was open and he was crying and putting his cheeks on the grave and he was taking the dust and putting it in his face because he could smell the smell of the Prophet. Okay? Subhanallah he was doing this, he was doing this, and it was shocking to two young men, Hassan and Hussein. They saw him and they were looking at him. Turab. Okay, he was okay, massaging his face or his cheeks on the dust of the grave of the Prophet. If today people see you doing this, this bidah. Oh, this is the dalallah shirk. Nothing wrong. Wallah, Allah is my witness. Allah is my witness. When my sheikh who taught me, he is far away in time from the Prophet ﷺ time, but he was a decent, honorable, generous, most learned man I had ever seen in my life. Nobody I have seen other than him resembled the Prophet ﷺ in his character. His own sons used to ask me because he, I was close to him, tell us something about him. And before he died, he did a lot of good things to me. So they wanted me to tell them things. So they were asking me, what shall we do? He he was buried and everybody left the grave and they came. It was still just trapped. So I said to them, look, the best thing to do is to go and visit him now. And they said, well, they went with me. Few men. Subhanallah, we went to the grave. My tradition is always to kneel and put my hand on the grave, like that, and read Yasin. For Rasulullah says, Iqra'u Yasin ala mawta'kum. Recite Yasin for your deceased. So I was reading Yasin. When I finished, they were all doing the same like me, and they were reading. I finished first. I put my hand like this, and then I went like that. Usually people by nature, they try to take the dust away. I didn't take the dust, I put the dust away. Wallah, 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 Allah is listening to me now. The smell of the dust, it was nicer than the nicest musk I have ever smelled. I said to the man next to me, who was a wise man. I said to him, Uthman, did you smell the dust? He went like this. When he went like this, all the brothers, some of them started filling the pockets. <laughs> and they started filling their shoals. They almost dug the grave. I didn't say nothing. I froze. Uthman said, brothers, Astaghfirullah, if this news goes out, the grave will be made a hole again. Put it back and do. I, I didn't take anything. I just wiped my hand and left it. So I was teaching like that. There is only one young man who filled the one pocket, he didn't empty it. I never went to his house thereafter, only I smell that smell. Still today. If you go to Sudan, you go to that house, you will smell that smell. They all were so grateful to me I took them there. Imagine if this is the grave of a man who followed the man who followed the man who followed the man who followed the man who followed What about Rasulullah himself? Bilal will not just touch his cheek, he will eat the dust of the grave. Because if you love somebody, that's the way it is. Hasan and Hussein, they came to him, Bilal, we miss you. Where were you? What happened to you? Could you do us a favor? It was a time for Dhuhr. What do you want? Make Adhan. He said, no, I can't. Please make Adhan. I can't. And when they pushed him to make Adhan, and he stood up and said, Allahu Akbar, every house in Medina was crying because immediately they felt if the Prophet was alive again. Because only Bilal could do that. Radiallahu anhu Warda. The adhan was shaken. They say every woman, every man, they were running out of their houses, and those who couldn't come out, they were sitting there crying. Their bodies were shaken. If you ask them what's happening, alaykum salam rahmatullah, they will say, We could hear. We could hear. Bilal. Is the Prophet is back again in his masjid? That's why the Prophet asked Bilal to make the adhan. It has to come also from the heart. Okay? Prophet ﷺ initiated Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alamin his journey okay, of making the establishment of the Islamic State. And later on, inshallah, he brought another person to do the Adhan. Anybody know the second Mu'adzin of Rasulullah ﷺ? Or who the second Mu'addin? Come on. Come on. Whoever says it, I give him a thousand pounds. I'll give you a thousand pounds. I promise you by Allah. Tell me the second Muaddin of Rasulullah. You said it? Did you say it? <laughs> His name is huh? Abdullah ibn Rawaha. Yeah, you must read about those people. Read about them. None of you are. Allah saved my pocket. I promise those people if they tell me the second Muaddin of Rasulullah, I'll give them a thousand pounds. Nobody can answer it. The first muazzin is Bilal. Zakat muazzin is, is Abdullah ibn Rawaha. Wa alaykum as wa rahmatullah. Masha'Allah, masha'Allah. Okay? These are beautiful people. Read their stories. Every night you can read a story. Okay? There's a book called Hulyatul Awliya. al Awliya. It's all the stories from Abu Bakr siddiq Any man who's supposed, or a woman, supposed to be wali. There is stories are written. Beautiful book. There are many. But this is the best I, I know of. If I'm in your place, you get it. I read every day a story. And the most beautiful things, the stories of the women. Seriously. Because people today are putting women down. When you read there, Rasulullah Rasul Rasul Sallam lifted them up. Gave them a status and a position and knowledge and understanding. Women who used to worship Allah like no man. They loved everything that will lead them to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and put them close to Him. Okay? Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, I'm going to stop here. Okay? And next week, we're going to talk about something dangerous. Okay? What happened in Medina next? In every good thing, there must be a test. A lot of brothers and sisters who embrace Islam, they come to me and say, Sheikh, before Islam, everything, okay? I was trying was difficult. But once I become a Muslim, I don't try anything and everything is easy. Meaning, one brother came to me and said to me, I always, as non-Muslim, I was trying to live my life, I was trying to date girls, they don't want to date me. I was trying to get jobs, I can't get jobs. I tried to go to the bars, nobody wants me in the bars. Everything that haram I want to do, I can't. It's lawful in my country. This is my country. The moment I became a Muslim and I became steadfast, women ring me, beg me to take them out. The bar that I used to apply for jobs, ring me, please. They offer me good offering. (laughs) What's going on? I said to him, Allah is testing you. Allah wants to know whether you are genuine in saying, Ashhadu Allah ilaha Or you are false. If you are genuine, you know this is haram you keep away from. You seek the halal. So, the test in Medina then was for those who believe. Are they genuine what they say? This ukhouwa, this brotherhood Allah has put between al-Aws and al-Khazraj to become the Ansar. Between al-Ansar and Okay? To become the best of people. And by the way, the Quran speaks a lot about those early Muslims. Especially the Ansar. Allah said about them in the Quran, وَلَوْ كَانَ بِهِمْ خصاصة. Even if they had a need in their own home, in their own self, they will give it to their brothers who came from Makkah rather than taking it themselves. I have seen it in my lifetime. Now, people do this, but not Everybody. We are becoming more selfish, self-centered. We are the nation, okay, of looking after oneself rather than looking after all. Okay, so subhanallah, tawheed for us today is me, 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 and only me. But tawheed for them then, we, 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 and there is none but we. Ya amanu, i'tasimu jami'an, wa All you who believe, hold tight all together on the rope of Allah, the book of Allah, the word of God. And never disperse from one another. And do not dispute with one another. Do not quarrel with one another. Do not fight one another. Do not argue with one another. Then you fail. And the iman that you have in your heart will be taken away. This is our lot today. This is our kismah today. So what happened in Medina because of that heart test? Nifaq entered. So we're going to talk about this next week, inshallah. Talk about the period of Okay? The coming of the nifaq and the coming of the Munafiqun in the city of Rasulla. And this is the very dangerous thing and we need to really clean ourselves from this. Okay? May Allah make it easy for all of us and give us to fear and my brother. they put the Sibha and the women will hold the Sibha. They put their shawls. And they will hold on the shawl and they do the Bay'ah. But the Prophet put the water. And they say he put his hand and they put. Because water. Okay, spiritually. Can link you to the person. Yeah, that's the idea. But for men, they hold hand. Like that. Okay, two men. And then they, he used to kneel. And the knees will touch the knees. And he used to uh, repeat. Jihada in their ears. Okay, and uh, istighfar. tijara uh, Okay. Tijara this is a very good, clever question. Tijara generally meaning business or merchandise. Yeah. Baya Okay, there are some people who are not businessmen to sell. You don't have to be a businessman today. If you are in eBay, you have got. You understand? You might just sell a book. Does that make you a businessman? That's the idea. You could you could be selling anything. Okay, yeah. the
1: yeah. matter. أسلم بعضهم كثير من
0: الناس. بعد فتح مكة.
1: نعم بعد فتح مكة. نعم. ومنهم يعني الهند. أمم. ورجل لاتيني السحاب لاتيني قتل
0: yes. وحشي.
1: نعم وحشي. أمم. ولا لا أذكر الآن ممكن الهند أو وحشي عندما ذهب إلى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وذهب إلى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ف يعني طلب الإسلام. That's
0: But but the way people say it <laughs> how can Sallam not and he's so angry he doesn't want to say no no no. Islam This is his own word. Islam wipe away whatever came before it. Whatever it is. Anything. You killed a hundred people you destroyed whatever you did all the kabayr. islam take it away what the prophet says is because when i see you i remember my uncle i don't want when i remember my uncle you come into my heart or my mind you kill my uncle so anything bad in my heart towards you no i don't want that that's the whole thing not because oh i don't want to see you anymore today people are say to the people the joking huh? talk to the hand you see? don't look at the face huh don't look at, what is this or I will forgive you, but I don't want to see you. No, no, no. You forgive somebody, you see them. That is Islam, Insha'Allah. All right? min Yes, <laughs> my brother. Alaykum alaikum, Imad. Yes. Alaykum as Allah bless you. Alaykum as-salam. Now. Yeah the buyar. Yeah. <laughs> Of course I did. Of course I did. But there is a distinction, as I said, you are not here when I said it. There is a distinction. The bayah which was given by the Prophet to the people around him was the bayah of confirmation of the relationship between the servant and the creator. In That's it. Okay? Between the and it's not the bashar in front of you. Now the Khilafah, Abuqar Siddiq, Umar ibn Khattab, Uthman ibn Affan, Ali ibn Abi Talib, Al ibn Ali, all those people were still giving the bay'ah to the people. Leading them on the deen. Although they were the political leaders, but they were mainly spiritually leading them. But there came a time when the leaders, they were not really <laughs> spiritual leaders. Can you imagine you giving your bay'ah to Saddam Hussein or to Gaddafi or to Husni Mubarak? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, my brother. I'm sorry to say this. You can't give that. That's, the, the politics and the spiritual direction have become totally different things. It used to be one thing. Okay? Like now, that is the, the, so the distinction there between those two things had made one thing. Okay? The scholars, like Imam Malik, Abu Hanifa, and the rest of the scholars, they began to take the bayah away and do it with between themselves to the student of the quran to the student of hadith yeah still if you go today to their they always the Mashaykh give bayah to the students but not for everybody we talked about da'wah before you came because we linked today's lesson to what we are here for how to do that and yeah how the da'i should behave blah blah in, in a small way or a simple way but the whole thing, you cannot suddenly go and give somebody that and say, "Brother, sit down. I'm going to give you ba'ya." You can't do that. It has to be done through the chain. You're talking about this chain. We do it because we need to link it to the origin. It's where the difference, yeah, takes place. Now, so, um, uh, there is an interpretation
1: uh, and a point of view that all this ba'ya uh, and all this ahua uh, and all this. Uh, and all this uh, what Rasulullah did. That was a part of Karune Rasala. And it was not meant after the Rasul. So once Rasul is gone, everything is that is a divine intervention for a particular period that was done and that was
0: finished. Was it done in the time of siddiq Was it done in the time of Umar? Ali, Uthman, Hassan.
1: But it was not done afterwards. It's thirty years we are talking. And we are here, how many hundred
0: years? No, it was done, my brother, it was done. The only time it was stopped by some of the scholars, when the, they were asked by the Khulafa to come and take over the judiciary or to go into the role of politics and they refused because they knew there was corruption and there was doubt. And the leaders were not accepted by the people. Knowing that, as the scholar, the Prophet says, No one should put himself in a position of leading the people if the people did not want him. You understand? No one. So Imam Malik was forced by the Khalifa. And he refused and he imprisoned him. And he punished him. Ahmed ibn Hanbal was imprisoned. A lot of them. So they refused. What they started doing? They started separating the spiritual teaching and continuing this, which the Prophet ﷺ did. Afterward, it It never stopped. Even now, Saudi Arabia, they give bayah to the king. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. They do. They do in Saudi Arabia. They do, do it on television. Now. Yeah, yeah, they do bayah. They By do bayah. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but because, no, this Not is. Not that is we have much choice. No, no. <laughs> you know, they, 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 they do it any Islamic establishment today. Like, for example, when Al Bashir came to Sudan for the government and he declared the Sharia. He asked all the country to give him bay'ah. But you can give him the bay'ah. But that bay'ah then put you under restrictions. You cannot go against him. However, if he goes wrong, you need to correct him. As Omar bin Khattab said, if you, if you see me doing wrong, then correct me. You see? But will they allow you to correct them today? No, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way. So the bay'ah my brother never stopped. I promise you. I come from a family of Quranic schools. It was done all the time. I was given, and I was given the authority to give. You see? This is our tradition. We will never stop that. Why? Because it came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to unite the hearts of people. We are one. ummatun Indeed, your nation is one nation. And I am your Lord, so worship me, Allah said. It's not by division. Look at the world today. Look how divided it is. Subhanallah. The more united, the more stronger we are. The weakest people today who are fighting for the right for, how many years, I don't know, the Palestinians. Look, subhanallah, the more they are divided, the weaker they become. What is this? They should be the most united people, because their cause is one. But are they the same people? Alam.